In our gospel reading that Matthew just read, Jesus says to Mary, go tell them I am ascending. In other words, go tell them about what you have seen. Go tell them that I'm not dead. Go tell them about resurrection. Tell them about life. New Testament professor Jamie Clark Souls says that John uses a special past tense in the Greek here with Mary's announcement to the disciples when she says, I have seen the teacher, or you may recognize it as, I have seen the Lord. The point of this tense is to convey action completed in the past, but that has an ongoing effect in the present. So when Mary says, I have seen the teacher or I have seen the Lord, she is not merely reporting a past account of something, but she is laying bare her own becoming. In Clark Soul's words, quote, she has seen in a way that changes her life, its direction, and her legacy forever. So when we talk about resurrection... We are also talking about the stuff of our own becoming. And Mary's interaction with Jesus is a reminder that resurrection is relevant to us because our own resurrections are wrapped up in our becomings. And our becoming awake and aware to God's presence within us and around us, becoming awake and aware of divine proximity, this is the heartbeat of our faith journeys. So, we don't need to know all the answers about God to be in proximity. We don't need to be monks or mystics when it comes to our spiritual practices. We don't need all our theological ducks to be in a row or have our lives figured out. Proximity has the power to relieve the pressure that otherwise binds us to inaction because it presents us with terms we might actually be able to handle. Namely, that our faithfulness requires simply a willingness to be in proximity to the ways of Christ. In other words, we put ourselves in proximity to radical love, proximity to disruptive peacemaking, proximity to unconditional inclusion. We put ourselves in proximity to every ingredient for salvation, meaning new life, resurrection. Our willingness is enough. And we don't have to worry about opting out of the work. We don't have to worry about moving into the action of heaven on earth. Truly and consistently practicing proximity will breathe new life into us. It can resurrect our dead and dying faiths. And it will change how we live and move in the world, in the process. Our willingness is enough. It is enough because the longing for divine proximity is innate. It already lives within us. It was created as a part of us. 
I look at the creation story, that ideological narrative that's meant to answer questions about why and how we exist, and I see hints of this longing. The story of Adam and Eve is but one of many creation stories in existence, and you may have noticed that it is told from a place of shame, from needing to explain our divine separation. You may have heard terms like total depravity or original sin in relation to this. We have inherited a creation story that stresses what we don't have, what we need to take by force because there's never enough to go around. And I think about the book Braiding Sweetgrass, which Fran led a book group on this last winter, and how in indigenous spirituality, the creation stories are not like this. They begin with a kindredness with creator and a reverence for creation, offering origin stories that encourage us to learn, to receive in humility, to share. These paradigms are so unlike our Christian origins that emphasize our lack of proximity, our scarcity, our never-enoughness. And as we move away from these harmful theologies, many of us have even left faith communities behind. We've even let go of some relationships just as we've discovered an urgent need to relay our foundation, and we have experienced spiritual displacement. Do you know what I mean? Deconstruction has displaced us. Social and political disillusionment has displaced us. Waking up and getting healed and free has displaced us. Our new ways of thinking and being and doing have been tinged with the grief of all we have lost. We have been uprooted and ungrounded. And amidst all of this, it's no surprise to me that we might feel like the God we once knew is dead. Maybe he is. Here's what I'm saying, though. Don't stay here. Don't stay in this place. Weep and well and grieve. Take all the time you need, but don't set up shop here. This graveyard of deceased ideas and beliefs is not your home. Maybe this is what Jesus meant when he told Mary to let go, to go on. Jesus said, do not stay on this burial ground. Don't stay here with the traces of death still fresh, but go with the movement of resurrection. Jesus said, go. And Mary went with the same faith that brought her to the tomb to begin with. It was a faith in and a desire for proximity. And this is the faith that ultimately resurrected her, pulling her out of her grief and compelling her to action and forward movement. Mary realized that proximity required her to move toward the things of life. Now, while we may not have faith in very much these days, I'm hopeful that at the very least, we can have a similar faith in the power of proximity. Proximity even on the other side of all the faith deconstruction. Proximity even amidst our internal faith chaos or faith crises. Because what we 
are in proximity to in our daily lives has the power to make or break us, to shape and change us, to fill and fuel us. We don't have control of much these days, but we have control of this. We can decide to make shifts. We can choose to move in the general direction of resurrection. We can daily tend to our presence and our posture. We can trust that such tending has the power to deepen our awareness of the already existing divine proximity in our lives. Every year I read these Easter texts. You might think it would get old, but every year I'm different and the world is different, so the text is different. And what struck me this year was how Mary came to the tomb first and left the tomb last. And she, she was the first to show up, the last to leave. She didn't come to play. And I love her grit and her tenacity here so much. I love her absolute insistence to not leave her pain, her questions, her fear, her uncertainty, her sadness behind a moment too soon. It reminds me of that First Testament story about Jacob who wrestled with God until he wrenched a blessing from that encounter. Mary's particular arrival and then her staying, even after the others had left, was not unlike that wrestling to me. She was demanding a blessing of her own. She may or may not have had very much faith. Maybe she didn't believe right away like Peter or John or like them head home early with a lighter heart. No, Mary was counting her losses. She was cynical. She sought Jesus, even if all she could get out of her search was a dead body back in its tomb. Mary was not leaving, though, without a sign of proximity. So, chaotic and tear-strown as her demand for a blessing may have been, unlikely a candidate as she was, hopeless and wounded as she arrived, Mary stayed. Hands gripped tightly around the little of her faith that remained. And as we know, she would be the first to witness the resurrected Christ. She would have the honor of becoming apostle to the apostles. And it makes me think, maybe we are not lesser for our questions or our uncertainty. Maybe the less faith we have, the better. Maybe the less hope we have, the closer in proximity to God we actually are. Maybe our tenderness, our vulnerability, our doubts, and our cynicism are actually fertile ground for the kind of grit and tenacity we need to wrench a blessing of our own. Maybe, like Mary, we are right where we should be. Could the stuff of resurrection be in our reach, too? The truth is we are already in divine proximity simply by the mere fact that we are living, breathing humans. Children of God with Imago Dei pulsing through our veins. It is this knowledge embodied that has the power to work in our lives in the same radical way it did Mary's. It is enough to change how we proceed in these wild times on this wild earth. And not just change how we proceed, but sustain us along the way. Because resurrection is about so much more than surviving. It is about rising. It is about ascending. And it is for us, too. 
So, rather than spreading ourselves thin with a laundry list of things we ought to be doing, what if we just distilled it down to the pursuit of proximity? What if we simply drew closer to God in the best ways we knew how and called it enough? Remember, we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have it all together. We don't need to arrive first. All we need is that willingness to put ourselves in proximity to the ways of Christ. And I wonder, were we to consistently do this, could we experience resurrection in our own lives, in our own ways, based on who we are, how we are wired, and the realities of our various circumstances? Because listen, there will never be a blueprint here. Not at this church. You can go to another one and probably get a blueprint, but you're never going to get one here, ever. (laughs) We will only give you the gentle nudge to step into your own work and to trust that you, child of God, are empowered to do it. So as we move into our birthright of divine proximity, we extend an offering to the world via our own commitment to proximity, not just with Creator, but also proximity with creation. We do this knowing that we cannot see the humanity in each other without first getting into proximity of one another. This more than anything was the Christ agenda getting close to the most unlikely people. So, we too draw close to one another. We put ourselves in proximity to the most unlikely people in our contexts and out of it. And from this vantage point, where the imago day of the other is finally in our sight, we receive gifts such as understanding, compassion, and openness. We receive gifts that increase our own willingness. Our willingness to be in proximity becomes an act of love as natural as breathing. It becomes an act of life, our ongoing offering of resurrection to a weary world. So, this Easter, I pray that expanded awareness of divine presence, expanded awareness of divine presence would nourish us, quenching our thirst, energizing us, filling our spirits, healing our heavy-heartedness, strengthening our bones, reminding us of the home we can build. Its foundation is peace. Our displacement is a distant memory. May it be so. May proximity resurrect us. Amen. Amen.